Because at his time we learn about the great flood because of which whoever people that existed at that time were finished except for those who believed in him. And after Nuh salam, whoever that came was from who? From among his children. So this is why he's also known as Adam thani And he was the first messenger to be sent to mankind. And this was perhaps a very small community early on because there was a difference of only a couple hundred years between Adam and Nuh And why was he sent as a messenger? Because shirk had become common amongst the people and the reason for his coming was to warn people inni lakum nadir mubeen I am to you a clear warner. He came to warn people. Warn them about what? Allah ta'budu illallah that you do not worship anyone but Allah. Why? Because no one created you except for Him. He is the only one who made you. No one gave you anything except Him. Whatever you have is from who? From Him. He made you. He owns you. He gave you everything. So you also worship Him alone. And if you do not do that, O people, inni akhafu alaykum, I fear for you, عذاب يومن alim, the punishment of a painful day. I fear for you that if you persist in this way of shirk, of associating partners with Allah, which is the greatest form of ingratitude, the greatest form of injustice, if you continue on that way, then I fear for you the punishment of a very, very painful day. What is that painful day? Yawmin alim. The day that a person will meet his results. And that is the day of death, the day of judgment. What was the reaction of the people? فَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ So the mala they said. Who are the mala? The elite of the society, the chiefs. And they were who? الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ Those who had disbelieved from his nation. Their reaction was what? That مَا نَرَاكَ We do not see you, O Nuh, إِلَّا except بَشَرًا A human being. مِثْلَنَا Just like us. O Nuh, we don't see anything special about you. You're just a human being like us. You're one of us. How could you be a messenger? Now, instead of paying attention to the warning and the clear message that Nuh was giving them, what did they do? They began to undermine his message based on worldly and material standards. Two objections they had, two objections they raised. First of all, we don't see you except as a human being, as an ordinary person. There is nothing special about you. So when there is nothing special about you, what makes you deserving of prophethood? And how could you be a prophet when we don't see anything extraordinary in you? There are people who are more wealthy than you. There are people who are more influential than you, who are more powerful than you. 
Since you proclaimed prophethood, you didn't become the wealthiest of people, you didn't become the most powerful of them. There is nothing special about you. How could you be a prophet? مَا نَرَاكَ إِلَّا بَشَرًا مِثْلَنَا The second objection they raised was that وَمَا نَرَاكَ And we do not see you. اِتَّبَعَكَ He follows you. Meaning, we see that your followers are none except إِلَّا except الَّذِينَ Those people who whom they are أَرَاذِلُنَا The lowest of us. Your followers, we see that the people who have responded to your call are who? Not the best of us, but the worst of us, the lowest of us. Aradil is the plural of Ardhal. From the root letters, Radhalna. And Ardhal is one who is lowest. Meaning when compared to others, he's very, very low, very, very despicable. Now, what makes a person great? And what makes a person lowly? Based on the criteria that you judge them on. If your criteria is physical beauty, okay, there could be a person who's very intelligent in their mind, but because they lack the beauty that you think a person should have, because of that reason you consider that they're very lowly. And there could be another person who possesses a lot of intelligence, a lot of good qualities, but because they have your standard of beauty, you might say that yes, you are the best. So, People, they judge others based on what? Their own thinking. Meaning what they think to be good, what they think to be bad. What they think to be a measure of success and what they think to be a measure of failure. One person might view someone as very successful and another person could view them as the biggest loser. One person could fall in love with an individual and another person could hate them. Now, Just because the people of Nuh were saying that your followers are the lowest of us, does that really mean that they were the lowest of all people? No. Because they were judging those people based on material standards. What was their criteria? What was their standard? That if someone is wealthy, if someone is physically strong, if someone belongs to a high social class, if someone is from this particular family, this particular tribe, then they are better compared to someone else. Unfortunately, this kind of jahiliyyah also exists among people today. It also exists amongst Muslims who claim that we should be very just and fair and everyone is equal before God, but still, we do discriminate against people based on sometimes the color of their skin, sometimes their accent, sometimes the level of their education. So the people of Nuh they said that we see that your followers are aradiluna. They're the lowest of us. They're the poorest people. They're not the influential individuals of the society. Now the people of Nuh said this. Were there any other people who said the same thing to their messenger? Who? Every nation. You remember Surah Al-A'raf? We read, قَالَ الْمَلَأُ قَالَ الْمَلَأُ قَالَ الْمَلَأُ Why? Because it was mostly the mala that opposed the prophets. And it was usually the weak people of the society that supported the prophets, that believed in them. Hiraqul. When he asked Abu Sufyan, what kind of people believe in Muhammad wasallam? What did he say? It is the women, it is the slaves, it is the poor, it is the people who are very 
low in society. They are the ones who have answered his call. Meaning generally. Why? Why is it that mala have generally opposed the messengers? And it is people who are weak in society that have responded to the call of the messengers. Why? What's the reason? Because the mala, if they believed in the messenger, what did that mean? They were acknowledging that someone was greater than them. They were accepting a leader. They would now take upon the role of a follower and they would now be following someone else. So immediately their social status from here, it came down. Believing in the messenger also meant that you believe in some of your faults. That this is right and this is wrong. I should not be doing this anymore. Instead, I should change my ways to such and such. But people who have been routinely following certain customs, certain ways in their life, they get very, very used to them. And they firmly believe in them. And change is something they find very, very difficult. It's difficult to change your habits. It's difficult to change your thinking. It's difficult to change your ways. So in other words, the mala had a lot to lose. They had a lot to lose. Sometimes their wealth, sometimes their power, sometimes their influence. Think about it. The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Talib, did he not see the truthfulness of the Prophet ﷺ? He is the one who said, that I know that the religion of Muhammad is the best religion. I know that. He said verses of poetry. From the beginning, he supported his nephew, didn't he? But what prevented him from believing? He knew that if he believed, his friends would abandon him. Instead of respect, now what will he receive from his people? Mistreatment. And because of that reason, he was not able to give up the religion of his forefathers, even though he saw many clear errors in it. Now, the weak people of the society, whether they were the women in general, or the poor, the slaves, what did they have to lose? Nothing. In fact, they only had something to gain. Because faith, it gave them freedom. It recognized them as individuals. People who were nothing before, now were individuals. Now they could pray. Now they could also give charity. Now they could also strive to attain high levels in the hereafter. So you know it was a win-win situation for them. But for the mala, for the most part, they had a lot to lose. Now in the previous verses we learned a quality, which was those people who akhbatu ila rabbihim, who surrender to their Lord, who humble themselves before their Lord. There were always people from the mala also who believed, who surrendered. Take the example of Umar anhu. Wasn't he one of the strongest people of Makkah? He was one of the few people who could actually read and write. Abu Bakr anhu. You think he was an ordinary man? No way. He was also from the Quraysh. Hamza anhu, the uncle of the Prophet He was also not just influential, he was strong, he was powerful, he was wealthy, he had it all. So what was it that these individuals had that let them believe? It was their humility. It was their submissiveness before their Lord. That they see the truth, they recognize it, they understand it, and they just accept it. But for the most part, the mala, they didn't believe. Over here also, they didn't believe. Rather, they objected that how come 
your followers are the weakest of us. If you were really a true prophet, then you know these poor people would not have been your followers. Who would have been your followers? The intellectual ones, the powerful ones, those with authority. So they said, وَمَا نَرَاكَ تَبَعَكَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ هُمْ أَرَاذِلُنَا And they described the أَرَاذِل. How did they describe them? They said, بَادِيَ الرَّأِي What does بَادِيَ الرَّأِي mean? بَادِي is from the root letter, is بَادَ الْهَمْزَ بَدَأَ To begin. Now when you begin to do something, let's say you begin to open up a book, what's the first thing that you're going to see? The cover. That's the first thing that you're going to see. So beginning means just the front or the surface. Okay, You haven't gone deep into it yet. Now, once you begin to open a book, you just pick it up, you see the cover. Do you really know what that book talks about? You know, like they say, don't judge a book by its cover. Why? Because you might misunderstand the title. You might not fully know what it's talking about until you actually take a deep look, you actually read it, you actually go through the pages, then you'll have a better idea. But when you just look at the surface, you don't really know what it's about. So, بَادِيَ الرَّأِي رَأِي What does رَأِي mean? Opinion. So, بَادِيَ الرَّأِي are people who have very shallow thinking, who don't really think deeply about matters, Why, given their lack of intelligence, their lack of experience in life, they don't really know much. They're just foolish people who don't have anything better to do. They're very impressionable. They don't really have a mind of their own. They just got deceived by your promises of paradise and beautiful women. And they just listened to you and they believed in you. This is basically what they said about the believers. That they are aradil, they've got nothing in the dunya. And besides, they're not intelligent people. They're just easily deceived by you. And it's amazing how today also it's said about anyone who becomes serious with regards to their religion, somebody's brainwashed them. And you might say, really, you think I'm that naive? That somebody's brainwashed me and I've decided to wear this thing or I've decided to start praying five times a day? How is it possible? When it comes to worldly matters, if a person makes a change, a drastic change, nobody will say, oh, you've been brainwashed. You're so naive. But when it comes to religion, unfortunately, this is the reaction of many people. If anyone is taking religion seriously, people don't give any importance to them. They think, oh, they've got nothing better to do. They're so naive. They got influenced easily. You know, it's just a phase. Hopefully within two, three days, they'll understand. And they'll get it. Let them grow up. And then they'll see how practical religion is. This is the kind of things people say. And that's exactly what the followers of Nuh had to hear also. So their objection was that, وَمَا نَرَاكَ تَبَعْكَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ هُمْ أَرَاذِلُنَا بَادِيَ الرَّأِي And they said, وَمَا نَرَا لَكُمْ We do not see for you, عَلَيْنَا over us مِنْ فَضْلٍ Any kind of fadl. Meaning, we don't see that you have any merit over us. Have you got more money? Have you got more authority? What do you have? Nothing. بَلْ نَظُنُّكُمْ كَاذِبِينَ Rather, we see you as liars. We see you as liars. Meaning, we see you, O Nuh, as a liar, and all your followers as liars. This is all a conspiracy. We don't think you're honest. We don't think you're really a messenger. Now, the question is that, 
was their analysis of Nuh and his followers, was that accurate? Was that fair? Was that just? Or was it biased? Was it biased? Why do you say it was biased? Because they were just judging them based on their material possessions. Based on their physical body, based on their wealth, based on their worldly achievements. And we know that a person is more than just his money. A person is more than just his physical body. If we judge people based on their physical only, then we are very, very superficial. So this is what they said. This is how they objected to Nuh Qala, He said, Nuh said, Ya qawmi, O my people. Ara'aytum? Have you thought about this? In kuntu ala bayinatim min rabbi. If I were upon a clear evidence from my Lord, why are you looking at superficial things? I have bayina, I have proof. I have a clear proof that I am a prophet. And I've shown that to you. And remember that every prophet was given evidences, was given proofs, was given miracles. Something or the other that would make it easier for people to recognize his truthfulness. If nothing else, it was just his character. But unfortunately, people don't look at the character of the individual. What do they do? They look for faults. They look for deficiencies. Like for example, the perfect and beautiful life of the Prophet ﷺ, people don't look at how successful he was, how generous he was, how kind he was. What do they look at? Oh, he had these many wives. Oh, he imposed a jizya on the Jews. He had these many people killed after the conquest. That's what they look at. So, Instead of looking at the bayina, instead of looking at the evidence, the proof, people who don't want to believe, what are they going to look for? False. So he's telling them, Oh my people, think about it. In kuntu ala bayinatin, if I'm upon a clear evidence, I've shown you the clear proof, mir rabbi from my Lord, my Lord has given it to me, wa atani, and he has given me rahmatan a mercy min indi from him. He has given this mercy to me. I have lived amongst you for so long, I never said anything like that. I mean, don't you think about it? Why would I just all of a sudden start saying these things? Allah has given this mercy of prophethood, of guidance, of knowledge to me. But, فَعُمِّيَتْ alaykum, It has been blinded on you. عُمِّيَتْ From عَمَى Blindness. Meaning, you have become blind to it. This evidence is clear. But yet, you are blind to it. Meaning, you have chosen, you have decided not to see it. And when you've made up your mind that you're not going to see it, anul zimu kumuha, shall we then impose it on you? Wa antum laha karihun, while you are averse to it, while you don't want it, while you don't want to see it? Nul zimu kumu, what's the root? Lam, zai, mean, lazim. What does lazim mean? To make something incumbent. So, anulzimukumuha meaning, shall we force it on you? What is Nuh saying over here? Basically, he's saying that if you want clear proof, Allah has already given it to me. It's already very obvious. But you are not able to see it because of your bias. You're just lost in the fact that I'm not that powerful in society. You're just lost in the fact that I'm not the wealthiest of men. You're just lost in the fact that my followers are not the richest of the society, and the actual proof, you're not looking at it. You have chosen 
you have decided not to see it and when you've made up your mind not to see it how can i impose it on you how can i make you see it you see if someone has made up their mind that they're not going to get up they're not going to wake up you could spend one hour trying to wake them up will you be successful what will they keep saying give me a few minutes give me another minute 5 minutes what time is it okay 15 more minutes you could waste your entire morning trying to wake them up but if they've made up their mind they're not getting up what can you do you can't do anything to help them if someone has made up their mind that arabic grammar is difficult they've just decided it's like fixed in their head arabic grammar is difficult then even if they get the best teacher in the world to explain to them the most complicated concepts in the most easiest and simplified ways are they going to get it they're going to come in the class freaked out and they're going to leave the class in the same way you know why because these biases that we have against something they blind us they literally blind us they affect the way we think if somebody tells you let's say your mom tells you go upstairs in my room and bring my shawl And she's like, "Where is it? I can never find anything in your room." She's like, "Come on. I was just wearing a trike now. Maybe it's on the bed or the chair." And like, "Fine." And you go upstairs and you just look. You're like, "Can't see it." She's like, "Go look again." And like, "Can't see it." Why can you not see it? Because you don't want to see it. And then there she comes and she shows you it's right there on the bed. How come she saw it and you didn't see it? Because she wanted to see it and you didn't want to see it. So when we want to see something, we'll see it. And when we don't want to see something, people can show it to us, but we still cannot see it. So Nuh alayhi salam is basically refuting their argument by saying, you've made up your mind. You're not going to believe. You don't want to see my truthfulness because you don't like what I tell you. You don't want to change your ways. So at one point you'll make the excuse that I'm just a human being and another point you'll make the excuse that my followers are poor people and it'll be just one thing after another. Don't we see this in the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? At the beginning people made one excuse. Later on they made another excuse. They said he's sahil. Then they changed their mind. No no no, he's not sahil. He's a kahin. No no no, he's not kahin. He's a kadhib. No no no, he's a sha'ir. They kept changing. Why? Because they didn't want to believe. أَنُلْزِمُكُمُهَا وَأَنْتُمْ لَهَا كَارِهُونَ وَيَا قَوْمِي And he said, O oh my people, لَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِمَا لَا I don't ask you for any money. I'm not demanding from you any wealth because of which you feel threatened. I mean, if you believe in me, I'm not saying that you should give me all your wealth. What do you have to lose? You know, like we discussed earlier, the mala, they don't want to believe because they're going to lose something. Many times the fear is just in our head. What prevents us from success is fear of failure in every situation. Fear of failure prevents us from success, any kind of success. So for example, you want to learn how to cook. You want to become a good cook. And somebody says, "Okay, why don't you cook something with me and you know where you need help? I'll help you. I'll coach you." You're like, "No, no, no. no. I'm a really bad cook. I'm a really bad cook. I don't think I can cook." They're like, no, go ahead, try. If there is anything that you're messing up, I'll help you. I'll guide you. But if you don't want to take that risk of failure, will you ever cook in front of them? And will you ever learn from them? No. In order to be successful, we have to see our mistakes. 
we have to see our errors as hard as it is as difficult as it is we have to see them because if we don't see them we cannot fix them if we cannot fix them how can we succeed at what we're doing so people generally they have this fear if i start to wear the hijab this will happen i won't get married if i study this then this will happen if i start listening to my mother more then this will happen if i become more nice to my husband and he'll start controlling me we have these fears from before nuh alayhi salam is telling the people what do you have to lose i'm not asking you for any money i'm not saying you have to give 50% of your wealth in the way of god all i'm saying is believe in god that's it لا أسألكم عليه مالا I'm not asking you for any money in أجريه إلا على الله My reward is not except on Allah Meaning Allah is the only one who can reward me You can't reward me anyway I'm not here to make money I'm here to convey the message to you And this is actually the sign of an honest person Of a truthful person What is? The fact that he does not expect anything in return any kind of praise any kind of leadership any kind of money nothing at all and this is how every da'i should work sincerely selflessly seeking reward from allah alone a prophet is a giver leaders are givers they're not there to suck everything away from people they don't demand such things from people they're givers ya qaumi la as'alukum alayhi mala in ajriya illa ala allah And he said, وَمَا أَنَا And I am not going to بِطَارِدْ At all want to repel. Who? الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those people who have believed. طَارِدْ is from the root letters. طَارَدَالْ طَرْد طَرْد is to repel, push away. But it's basically to push someone away out of contempt. To belittle and push away. It's like, get away. You know, I don't want you. It's embarrassing to be next to you. Get away from me. He said, I am never ever going to push away those people who have believed. Even if they're very poor, even if they're not very beautiful, even if they're not dressed amazingly, still, I'm not going to push them away. You see, the Prophet ﷺ, once in his gathering, there were people sitting with him, people like Bilal anhu, who was a slave. Right? And other companions also who were slaves or who had a very low social status in that society. And some mushrikeen, the leaders amongst them, they said, okay, if you want us to come listen to you, please tell these individuals to go away. Because we're not going to sit with them. So what did they want from the Prophet ﷺ? To send Bilal away, to send those companions away so that these leaders could come and sit with him and listen to him. Now, this happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and it also happened at the time of Nuh ﷺ. Nuh ﷺ said, no, I'm sorry. I cannot turn these people away. You think that they're very low, whereas in reality, إِنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ Indeed, they are ones to meet their Lord. They believe in Allah, they seek His pleasure, and they're going to Allah. Every man is created by God, by Allah. And every man shall return to him. Yes, this man may have no place in your society given his low social status. However, he has a position of honor near God. Why? Because he believes in Allah. And he's 
hoping to meet Allah someday. He's striving to please Allah. إِنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ وَلَكِنِّي But indeed I, أَرَاكُمْ I see you, قَوْمًا as a people, تَجْهَلُونَ You are behaving ignorantly. Meaning this demand of yours, that only if these men go away, then we will come and sit with you, this is pure ignorance. This is jahiliyyah. Because if a person has even a little bit of wisdom and knowledge, he will treat others nicely. Regardless of their social status, regardless of their physical appearance. وَلَكِنِّي أَرَاكُمْ قَوْمًا تَجْهَلُونَ So what does this teach us? What lesson do we get from this? That if a person has iman in him, and nothing else, he has iman. Okay, they're not that beautiful. They don't really speak that beautifully. They don't know how to dress up nicely at all. They don't know what fashion means. They have some very annoying characteristics also. But they do possess iman. Because of that iman, one quality even, what does it mean? What kind of attitude should we have towards them? A good attitude towards them. Welcoming. Yes, every individual, they may possess certain characteristics which annoy you, which you get upset by. Okay, but at the end of the day, at least they have iman. At least they have iman. Nuh said, I'm not going to turn these people away because they're going to meet their Lord someday. And really, you know what? There are people who are considered very lowly by others. They have no value. But in the sight of Allah, they have a very high rank. Think about the companion of the Prophet ﷺ, Julaybib radiallahu anhu. Have you heard about him? There is a book, Companions of the Prophet. It's in two volumes. One is red and the other is blue. And in that is a mention of Julaybib radiallahu anhu. That how he had physical deformities even. His back was not straight. He was short, not that beautiful. He was very ugly, basically, according to worldly standards. But the Prophet ﷺ, he loved him. So much so that at one of the battles, the Prophet ﷺ, after the battle was over, he sent the companions, go look for those whom you have lost. Meaning go search in the battlefield and see if you've lost any of your companions. And they went and looked and they came back and said, well, we haven't really lost anybody. I mean, yes, these are the shuhada, but nobody else besides them. The Prophet said, go look. They came back. No, nobody. The Prophet said, I have lost someone. And who did he lose? Jalaybib. Once Jalaybib was there, the Prophet came from behind and grabbed him and he said, who will buy this slave for me? He's just joking with him. Who will buy the slave for me? And Jalaybibi said, nobody's going to buy me. I'm worth nothing in this society. I'm poor, I'm ugly, nobody respects me. I'm a nothing, I'm a loser. Who's going to buy me? But the Prophet ﷺ, he comforted him that no, you are very valuable in the sight of Allah. Because inna akramakum indallahi atqaqum. The most honorable of you in the sight of Allah is who? The one who has most taqwa. The one who has faith. So it's about time that we look beyond the superficial. We look beyond the skin. We look beyond the clothes. We appreciate the person inside. And what makes a person most beautiful is their faith. It is their character. It is their manners. It is their behavior. And Nuh made it very clear to his people, you want me to send them away? I'm never going to send them away. You're behaving ignorantly. وَيَا قَوْمِ And he said, O oh my people, مَنْ يَنْصُرُنِي مِنَ اللَّهِ Who's gonna help me 
from Allah, against Allah, in taradtuhum, if I were to push them away, if I were to drive them away, these believers away, if I were to send them away, discriminate against them because of their low social status, I think Allah will be upset with me. And if He's upset with me, who's gonna save me? أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Do you not remember? Do you not understand them? What does this ayah show us? That if we show contempt to other believers, we might be inviting Allah's wrath upon us. Nuh is afraid, if I send these men away, Allah will be angry with me. And if Allah is angry with me, which of you can save me from Allah? Imagine he's a prophet, first Rasul, yet he doesn't have the authority to discriminate against certain believers based on their social status. So who are we to refuse this person and another person and laugh at their nose and laugh at their height and laugh at their language and laugh at the color of their skin? Who are we to do that? This is pure ignorance and this is something that invites the anger of Allah. What brings the mercy of Allah, the help of Allah? Unity. And a people cannot be united if they look down on each other. Because looking down on each other means that people are proud of who they are. Where there is pride, there is arrogance, discrimination, shaitan is very active. Then such people are not supported by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather such people receive the wrath of Allah. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا نُوحًا إِلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ إِنِّي لَكُمْ نَذِيرٌ مُّبِينٌ أَلَّا فَقَالَ الْمَلَأُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا مِنْ قَوْمِهِ مَا نَرَاكَ إِلَّا بَشَرًا مِثْلَنَا وَمَا نَرَاكَ اتَّبَعَكَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ هُمْ أَرَاذِلُنَا بَادِيَ الرَّأْيِ وَمَا نَرَى لَكُمْ عَلَيْنَا مِنْ فَضْلٍ وَمَا نَرَى لَكُمْ عَلَيْنَا مِنْ فَضْلٍ بَلْ نَظُنُّكُمْ كَاذِبِينَ قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِن كُنْتُ عَلَى بَيِّنَةٍ مِّن رَبِّي وَآتَانِي رَحْمَةً مِّنْ عِنْدِهِ فَعُمِّيَتْ عَلَيْكُمْ أَنُلْزِمُكُمُوهَا فَعُمِّيَتْ عَلَيْكُمْ أَنُلْزِمُكُمُوهَا وَأَنْتُمْ لَهَا كَارِهُونَ وَيَا قَوْمِ لَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مَا لَا إِنْ أَجْرِيَ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ وَمَا أَنَا بِطَارِدِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ وَلَكِنِّي أَرَاكُمْ قَوْمًا تَجَهَلُونَ وَيَا قَوْمِ مَنْ يَنْصُرُنِي مِنَ اللَّهِ إِنْ طَرَدْتُهُمْ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ 
أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ Do you not use your mind? Do you not remember? Do you not understand? And if a person were to really start using his mind, he would see things clearly. He would not be this biased. He would be more accepting of others. 